Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is Internet Marketing. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 138 of Internet Marketing brought to you by Site Visibility at altogether now sitevisibility.com. Hello Kelvin. Hello Andy and hello um, every listener out there. Whatever you, you might be doing. And today um, we've got, it's news and tools. Yes. And uh, we've got a bit of, a, going to start off with a bit of a request from the listeners, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. So basically um, what I'm really interested, you know, one of the, the, the sad things about podcasting um, as a means of kind of communicating with your listeners is it's difficult for that two-way conversation to come up um so i wanted to ask a favor uh, of, a, of um, a few of you and that was just kind of to to reach out and ask for some people to get in touch if they had a particular situation so i'll, I'll set the scene a bit really um the podcast has been going for five years now is it really um, it's hard to believe yes, isn't it? yes it is and then and, and we're interested in kind of putting together a bit of a kind of um story about the podcast how it's grown and all that kind of thing and we're interested to hear from um people who um the podcast has been a big influence on on their career or setting up a company or um going solo or or whatever it is and i've i've spoken to a few people informally over the years and emails who've said that they've you know that that we've paid a a small part in them launching their own marketing company or or getting a big promotion in in their company that they were working for or or all kinds of different areas really so real quick request really if you're one of those people that the the listening to this podcast has had an impact on um, your business or your career we would love to hear from you potentially for some pr and press stuff that we're doing so if that does sound a bit like you, could you drop me an email? Um, it's the same email as we always use, and that's the same email if anyone's got any questions about the podcast. So that's Kelvin, so K-E-L-V-I-N dot Newman at sitevisibility.com. Um, and it, of course, that's the same email address that we mention at the end of every show. So if you're in the middle of driving at the moment, um, it'll be mentioned again at the end where hopefully you might be your destination by then. So yeah, that was a quick thing, really. Yeah, um, this could be really interesting, actually, because as you said, you, we've received anecdotal evidence, but nothing sort of hard and fast. And I don't think there's much... Um research really on podcasting there's, there's not many figures out there in terms of impact it has on people so this could be quite interesting so please do you know just uh, just drop us a single line saying yeah. yes i started a business or i right. did this because of the podcast yeah. and i love to hear a good story as well so all good on that front as well um so yeah moving on to some of the more newsy items um that i wanted to talk about 
Um, no doubt many of you who are interested in the world of Facebook marketing um, will have been paying close attention to their event that they had recently, their F8 conference, where they announced and released a whole slew I think that's how you say it. Slew. That's a slew. A, a slew, slew of uh, of new features and functionality. Um, the most obvious and dramatic of those probably being um, around their timeline functionality and their ticker. Now, if you're not a big Facebook user, um, you might not have come across these yet. But the the one that's rolled out to everyone immediately is the ticker. So essentially, in the top right hand corner of your screen, you've got a live scrolling update um, of things that you um, or your contacts are currently doing. Um, and this is interesting because it, it, it kind of circumvents the edge rank algorithm that we talked about recently that kind of decides what appears in your main newsfeed. And that's all about what's most important as well as most timely, whereas the ticker is just what happened that second that someone else did. Kevin, is this there now? Because I can't see it on mine. The, the ticker's there for most people now. Right. Um, I'm I just think, special, am I? That's why I haven't um, got one. I don't, I don't know. I, I'm not aware of having ever opted into this one. Whereas ah, okay. the the, the um, to get the timeline, that's a um, you have to do a bit of jiggery pokery at the moment to get that to appear. That's not rolled out for everyone as yet. But the ticket I thought had for everyone. But um, I will have a look at yours, Andy, afterwards to see if it's something that I think maybe if you've removed some of the settings and pared it down previously, it might not have appeared. If you've removed like, well the chat, chat boxes and the yeah. like. Um, but essentially, so yeah, what that doing is, does is scrolling in the corner. Now, that's interesting for a couple of reasons. One is it kind of gives you an opportunity to appear um, on your friends, you know, connections more frequently. Um, but also there's, at the same time, there were other features rolled out. The most notable of those in my newsfeed is, um, and my Facebook account, is that now they've done a deal with Spotify. So I can see every time I play a song on Spotify, it will appear on um, the ticker. So Kelvin's mm. listening to song X, song Y, and vice versa. For, it's almost like for a live group. stream, like a Twitter live stream. Yeah, yeah, and that's kind of very much what they're trying to do there. So that's interesting for brands for a couple of reasons. One is um, that it kind of emphasises the need for constant things to be happening or constant interaction to be happening with your content, um, which... Um, you know, it's a general pattern that we've seen anyway, but it probably pushes more towards that. Have you got a 24 hours a day strategy for your Facebook you know, campaign, mm. um, which is quite interesting as well. Now, the one that that's obvious and, you know, that's interesting. But the one that's probably got the most coverage, despite the ticker probably being the bigger of the two um, updates, is the whole idea of um, your Facebook timeline, which to, to all, all extents and purposes is replacing your profile page. Now, what that now does is there's a, there's a visual change to it. So you can have one big timeline picture, which is different to your profile picture. Um, so you actually have two pictures there. So that's a, another one to be playing about where you can change what your picture is. Um, but actually, what's most interesting is effectively all there on one page is everything you've ever done on Facebook. Um, so I can go back to 199, well, that would be too early, but, you know, if I could go back to 2007 and look at what I was doing, you know, what status updates I was making in 2007 and what photos I uploaded at that point in time. Mm. Um, and it's kind of, you can, as an individual, you should be looking at what your timeline looks like. Um, but, um, you know, it, it, it's there's a lot of detail there, you know, that you've shared previously that you thought might have kind of hidden away. It was still there on Facebook, but this has brought it a little bit more to the front and centre. So that can be quite embarrassing. You know, what you did, what you status updates or photos you put up two or three years ago, 
um, is now very visible to your current contacts in a way that perhaps it wasn't quite so visible previously. So it's interesting, though, Kelvin, because you know some people say don't use Facebook for business, and some people do, don't they? Um, I think it's just yeah, you've got to be you, as a a company needs a company, you know, a, a, a profile. Um, but it gets a bit more ambiguous if, as an individual, so kind of as a freelancer where you're selling your time or as a kind of professional advocate, you know, like a bit like we do ourselves here. And it is a bit tricky. And I use the distinction, I think I've probably mentioned this in the show previously, um, that on Facebook I only really accept the friend requests and request friendships with people who I could envisage if I bumped into them, I would go for a beer with them if okay. we had the time. You know, yeah. the type of person that I could imagine having a half-hour conversation with rather than just a, oh, hello, how, how you doing? Yeah, and that's about the extent of your conversation. Or strange that, women from Russia. Yeah, or strange women from Russia. Yeah, yeah I tend to okay. avoid them wherever so I should stop a friending though, should yeah, I? Yeah, prob- prob- probably, yeah. Okay, um, right. But they, they seem to be very friendly, don't they? That's the problem. Mm. Uh, if they are indeed women. <laughs> Or indeed human is the yes, other aspect yes. of it as well. Um, whereas Twitter, I'm a lot more kind of, I just follow anyone who I think's interesting, but might not necessarily know. Now, that's my approach and different people will have different approaches to, to how they view that. But that's kind of how I've gone about it on Facebook. But big changes afoot there. It's changing where the ads appear. It's a changing the, the opportunities for content you create on Facebook to appear on mm you know on the feeds and on the, the home screens of of um of potential customers of yours so quite a lot there a lot of people still trying to suss out what it means but early doors um the ticker seems to um reward um interactive content that's being interacted with a lot so you know if you're a brand and someone likes your state um likes a photo you've created that's going to then potentially appear in the ticker of all of their friends so therefore um you should be thinking about well how can you get that interaction to be happening more frequently because it'll appear in the main news feed but also in the ticker as well Kelvin, talking of facebook and um, have you heard of um project spartan i haven't no no what's the project spartan i'm not sure if i should be telling it it's on TechCrunch. Sure, okay. it's not a secret they're um, they're trying to take um, Apple on on their on their own turf. So they're they're basically going to be creating. I'm not sure if it's one or a series of. Now this is it. We must do a show on this. HTML5 slash slash JavaScript apps. Okay. So these 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 little websites that behave mm. very much like apps, but yeah. you don't have to go through the Apple iStore. Yeah. And I think they're they're looking to uh, produce either either one or a series of those. Oh, should be interesting. Yeah. I mean, I think that. There's definitely this, and I think probably a, yeah, a worthy topic. I'll make a note of it so that we ought to be doing about um, you know apps versus mobile websites. Mm. Um, and yeah, is, he, is he frantically writes in his notepad? Yeah. And, and lastly, is it is it time to talk about the, um, the 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 new iPad killer? Yes. Well, yeah. I mean, I think every day of the week there is a new iPad killer, but I think this one, I don't think genuinely is an iPad killer, but I think is probably more likely to be one of the most successful tablets other than the iPad. Mm. Um, and this is the Kindle Fire. Um, so this is the new... No, you say, the, is this like the latest incarnation of the Kindle, or has it gone off on a separate branch of development? Um, it's very different to the previous Kindles, ah. um, in that it is a colour screen, um, and I think it's also a touchscreen as well. Um, but I think what's most interesting about it is the way that it... Most people who have tried to take on Apple's iPad have just tried to be a slightly better iPad. Mm. Um, which I don't think really is the, the the most appropriate approach because 
basically it seemed to be all of their marketing was hey we can do everything the iPad can do we're about the same price but we can play Flash mm-hmm. and like that that just didn't really seem like a real reason not to buy the you know the market leader as it were whereas the Kindle Fire um, is actually a bit different it's kind of pared down it can't do everything that an iPad can do um, but what it is intended to be is, is a media consumption device um, so in the same way that it's so simple to um, buy a book on a Kindle they're trying to do the same with video and audio, you know audio content as well okay so basically it's, a still a, it's still a book reader but they've expanded it to a general media yes, consumption yeah, device yeah. Mm, um, that's going to go down and what I think is particularly compelling about Amazon's offering as opposed to any of the Android options is that Amazon have the marketplace already. They have the infrastructure and they've already got your credit card details. Yeah. Now, I've got a Kindle. I've not had it a huge amount of time because um, I was reading books on my iPad mostly. But now that I've actually got the Kindle in my hands, as it were, it's so easy to buy a new book. Mm. Like there's so little friction there. Mm. And I think that's actually the way it's going to work. And as I understand it, Amazon aren't making any money on each time they sell a Kindle Fire is a loss leader. Oh, really? Because the loss leader is to get you to buy into their system. So it's almost like the games consoles quite often. Their business model is that they lose $100 on, you know, when you buy a PS3. But they make money on the licensing of the games, as it were. Okay, now, this is the 100 million billion quintillion dollar question. Uh, What are the implications for internet marketers of this new device? Um, Well, I think it's just the fact that it's more to do with the media complex than the marketing complex that I don't think people are going to be using Kindles in the same way they would iPads. But if it does take off, if more people use tablets, that has huge ramifications for how you put together a website. And I think that's mm. where the implications are, is that if already um, a significant chunk of most of our clients' websites' traffic is coming from mobile and tablet devices, mm. um, the more affordable, more popular tablets become, the greater that share of market's going to be. And truth be told, most websites are a pretty poor user experience on a mobile or tablet. Um, it seems to be that you've got two options. You've either got your website just as is on those devices and it scales down. Yes. You know, on some websites, that's not the end of the world. Or other people have kind of got mobile themes. Mm. Now, you can get these like this one called like WP Touch for for WordPress. Yes, that yes. Strips out everything, and they're a good idea in principle that it kind of makes the site more functional, which is good. I think people should do that. They should be thinking about how their website works on a mobile device. But every website looks the same. There's no personality to it. There's mm. no you know they could be on any website reading your content, which of course you know has huge implications for branding. If twenty percent of your traffic can't see your logo when mm, they visit your mm, website mm. Um, so that's where I think the implication will be is that this I think has the potential to be a very big new web and media consumption device um, which potentially is going to make ever more important the need to make sure that your um, you know your content works well on a multitude of devices at a multitude of screen resolutions. Yeah, we, we must do a show on HTML5. Mm. Definitely. Yes, very we'll much Make so. a note of that, Kevin. And I just, well, a couple of final things um, before we finish off. Um, in the process of kind of talking about Kindles, I thought I might as well, I ought to recommend a couple of books that I've been reading. Well, not, not that I've read recently, but I think that 
a top of my list of books you should be reading because mm. I know people like that. So I just finished on the Kindle um, a book called Upside, um, The Upsides to Irrationality by Dan Airely. Um, Upsides to Irrationality. Yeah, which is a sequel to a book called Predictably Irrational. Mm. And it would make sense if you've not read Predictably Irrational to read that one first. And we've got a future show coming up on this about kind of behavioural economics and how um, our mind plays tricks on ourselves. But really, really interesting book there about that. And the other ones are kind of connected to that as well. There's another book called Nudge um, that I recommend reading, which is all about kind of how choice architecture and how you present decisions affect their influence. So, for example, when you're putting together your... um, basket page your shopping um, checkout page of your website the choices you make in constructing that will have a huge impact on how that page performs and kind of making things default options or not making them default options or changing the sequence of questions can have quite a big impact so they're they're not kind of digital marketing books both of those but um, all three of them so predictably irrationals upside to irrationality and nudge but um, I think there's lots of takeaways that a digital marketer could have from that as well and if all of these are kind of, I don't really, you've never really kind of had any introduction to economics at all. They might be, they're not too full on, they're popular science books, they're kind of written for the layman, but they might be a bit in at the deep end. There's a great one to start with, a book called Freakonomics, which has been around for years and years and years. And they do an amazing podcast as well. The the, the first podcast I listen to when I look into iTunes is the, the Freakonomics one. I've um, heard of Freakonomics. Yes. Yeah. So basically, yeah, it's it's kind of about how, um, actually some of the things we think about uh, the connections between things aren't what they first appear to be so for example they, they make connections between actually the reduction in crime rate in the 90s in um, new york wasn't to do with zero tolerance it was to do with a variety of other implications and things like actually child safety seats the basic safety standard for passing that um, not having a car child seat would pass that safety standard. Do you see what I mean? So they tested the invisible car seat that didn't exist. It still <laughs> the passed the safety. Seat. So yeah, just, you know, they're, they're different from a lot of the internet marketing books that you look at, which is a kind of, here's how you do a Facebook campaign, mm. um, which I think most of us, you know, those books can be helpful, but actually I find myself reading them going, yep, yeah, that's obvious. Yep, yeah, that's obvious. And I probably only take away a couple of bits from a book. Whereas these are something completely different, but they make me think about things in a different way that help me do my job a little bit better. Fantastic. Well, I think that's a wrap, isn't it, Kelvin? Yeah. Uh, just, just one, one, bursting to one something. final thing. Now, we mentioned this a couple of episodes ago that we were making the, the premium podcast free. Um, so you can access the premium podcast content for free, the archive of 150 screencasts that we did by joining the site Visibility LinkedIn group. So it's absolutely free. All you've got to do is join the LinkedIn group. Excellent. Um, and it's also very useful in there as well because we've got about three or 400 members already, which I was kind of really chuffed by. Um, and what's happening is a lot of the listeners of the podcast are answering, asking questions. I'm answering them where I can. Other members of the site Visibility team are answering them where they can. But also people are helping each other out, which... I think is you know a really nice thing because there's I know there's some really really knowledgeable people in lots of different areas who listen to this podcast and if they can help other listeners out that's fantastic so yeah there'll be a link to that but it's the site visibility group on LinkedIn and a quick reminder please uh, listeners both of you um, do write in and tell us uh, if the podcast has influenced your decision <laughs> to start a business or do something pretty cool and just quickly Kelvin what's yes. coming up in the next show um, next show we are going to be talking about um, advice on getting more speaking opportunities ah There you go, the power of speaking. Well, that's it from me, Andy White. And goodbye from me, Calvin Newman. And we'll see you next time on Internet Marketing, brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.com. Bye. 
Well, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. You can find us on the internet at www.internetmarketingpodcast.org, where you'll find show notes, links, and instructions on how to subscribe. We would absolutely love to get feedback, comments, and questions from you. If you want to send an email, send it to kelvin.newman at sitevisibility.com. Also, feel free to comment on the website. And if you'd like to use our voice line number, if you're outside of the UK, it's plus four four one two seven three two five six one five zero. If you're inside the UK, it's o one two seven three two five six one five zero. And you can leave a voice comment or question, and we'll play it on the show. Also, we would absolutely be delighted if you would give us a, a rating on iTunes itself. Well, that's it for now. Andy White signing off until next week on Internet Marketing. Thank you.